0: And now we'd like to turn to our Bible reading this morning. Um, We're looking at the book of Hebrews. Now we don't exactly know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but certainly the author knew his scriptures very well, and he seems to be writing to some Jews who appeared to be on the verge of worshipping angels. And he writes to counteract uh, this particular approach. So, Hebrews chapter 1, then we're starting at the first verse. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking to the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will.
1: Some of you might have heard the story of Mrs. Merv Grzynski and her brand-new 32-foot Winnebago motorhome. Having purchased the vehicle on her first trip home, she drove onto the freeway, set the cruise control at 70 miles an hour, left the driver's seat to go to the back to make herself a sandwich. (laughs) Not surprisingly, the motorhome drifted off the freeway, crashed and overturned. She then sued Winnebago for not putting in the owner's manual that she couldn't actually leave the driver's seat while the cruise control was set. The jury awarded her $1,750,000 compensation plus a new motorhome. And in response, Winnebago changed their manual just in case she had any relatives who might also want to buy a motorhome from them. It's a great story, but it is not true. Sorry. It's an urban myth that's been circulating in various forms since 1987. A previous version has Mr. Merv Grzynski at the, at the wheel, or not at the wheel, of his motorhome. But it hasn't stopped large numbers of people accepting it as gospel truth. One moral of the story is you need to check your sources. If you're going to believe something, you need to know that your source is reliable. Let me let, let, me let you into a secret. Just because it's on the internet... Doesn't mean it's true. But that applies to believing stuff about God as much as about any other subject. What's God like? Well, I've been to heaven, I can tell you. I've seen with my own eyes. She's black. Well, hello. Just because I say something at the pulpit of Brighton Road Baptist Church, that doesn't mean it's true. I am not your authority for what is true or not true about god if you want to know about jesus if you want to know about god jesus is the only reliable source of information he is the one who makes the true god perfectly known how so because as hebrews puts it he is the radiance of god's glory and the exact representation of his being we talk about the sun's rays. They are the light of the sun shining here on earth. They're not different from the sun in any way, shape, or form. They are just the bits of the sun that we can see. And as someone who got burnt last week on the beach, the bit of the sun that we can feel as well. In the same way, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He is not different from God. He is the same as God, but God visible to us. The way in which we encounter God. When we see Jesus, we see exactly what God is like. The same point is made about Jesus being the exact representation of God. The word is used of the image that is, on the, that is stamped on a coin. The image you get on a coin is exactly the same as the image that is on the original press. It is an exact copy of the original. And it's the same with Jesus and God. What you see is what you get. You look at Jesus, you see exactly what God is like. And when it comes to understanding God, Jesus, because he is the Son of God, is the uniquely authoritative revelation. He was around before the universe began because God made the universe through him. He will be there at the end because he's been appointed the heir of all things. At the end of the day, he will be the supreme authority over everything as Lord of all. Everything that exists will rightfully belong to him. Right here, right now, the only reason the world has not disintegrated into chaos is because he is upholding everything by his word of power. You don't get bigger. Or more important than Jesus. So, in a world that is full of competing pictures about what God is really like, Jesus has to be the starting place. He is the one to whom we need to give our full attention. When you come back from holiday, you all know what it's like. Your email inbox is full of dozens, if not hundreds, of emails, most of them junk. Most of those that aren't junk are neither urgent nor important. So what you do if you're efficient is you scan your inbox looking for the emails that really matter. The ones from people who count, the ones that need reading and thinking about. And then out of those, you search for the ones that need answering. We need to filter the amount of stuff that comes our way and concentrate, concentrate on what really matters. And we live in a world where a Google search on the word God yields 1,630,000,000 results at the click of a button. You have to prioritise somehow. You start with Jesus. That's the filter that you set. That's the way of accessing accurate information about God. Now, I'm not saying Jesus is the only revelation of God that we have, but he is far and away the best. Hebrews starts by making the point that before Jesus, God spoke over a period of centuries in a whole host of different ways to people by his prophets. But in these last days, he said, he has spoken to us by his son, who is the definitive revelation of God. What about angels? I mean, angels have to be pretty impressive And manifestations of angels are not to be taken lightly. Angels were popularly credited with revealing the Old Testament law to Moses, the most holy part of the Jewish scriptures. But angels are nowhere in the same league as the Son of God. To be sure, they're God's servants. It's their job to look after us. But they are called upon to worship Jesus. Only Jesus is addressed directly as my Son by the Father. Angels are servants, he rules forever and ever. Hebrews takes up a stack of references from the Jewish scriptures and makes sense of them by referring them to Jesus. He is the key. In the Old Testament, he is the one of whom it speaks and the one who makes sense of it all. As Baptist believers, we affirm that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, is the sole and absolute authority in all matters pertaining to faith and practice as revealed in the Holy Scriptures. No authority but that of Christ. And the Scriptures are authoritative for us because they speak of Christ. They are authoritative for us in as much as they speak of Christ because he is the supreme revelation of the living God. If you want to find out about God... Jesus is the one to look at. And that's the burden of a bit of writing we know as the epistle to the Hebrews, which reads a bit sometimes like the transcript of a sermon. But the thrust of the message is this. Sit up. Pay attention. Look at who Jesus is and what he's done. You can't afford to ignore him. It's what he says at the start of chapter 2, having kicked off his address by clarifying how God has spoken to us with unique authority through his son, Jesus Christ. He then goes on to make the point that if that is the case, then we really need to pay the utmost attention to what God has said to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God, we can't afford to ignore him. We can't afford just to drift away. We mustn't be like the legendary Mrs. Grzynski, who thought that once she got her motor home on the freeway, she could set the cruise control and go in the back and make a sandwich. Are some of us in danger of living our Christian lives like that? On cruise control, with our hands off the wheel. We have our baptism certificates. We've got our church membership certificates to say that we've trusted in Christ. We belong to a church that looks as good as a top-of-the-range motorhome and which seems to be heading in the right direction. I'm sure the church will get me there. But it won't. It won't. Brighton Road Baptist Church can't carry you safely to your destination if your hands are off the wheel and you're not focused on where you are going in your own spiritual journey. We can support you, we can encourage you, we will pray for you, we will work together with you. But each of us carries responsibility for our own spiritual well-being. You can't hand over the steering wheel of your spiritual life to me or anybody else. And if you take your own hands off the wheel, you are going to drift. And like a Winnie-Mago motorhome is not going to stay on the freeway unless someone steers it, your spiritual life is not going to stay on track unless you keep paying attention to Jesus. None of us, no, I think none of us here would really drive our car onto the motorway, set the cruise control and then fall asleep at the wheel. But spiritually, there's a danger that we can do just that. And it's to people who are in danger of drifting off course. People who are in danger of thinking, that's alright, I don't need to bother. People who are taking their hands off the wheel and just, just allowing themselves to drift whatever direction. To them, Hebrew says, wake up. Look at who Jesus is. You can't afford to ignore him. Because if you look at the Old Testament, it is the story of human failure. The people who received the law of God at Mount Sinai from the hand of angels, terrifying as that experience was, failed to keep it. And the Old Testament is the record of the fearful consequences of that neglect. So, says the writer to the Hebrews, if the people who disobeyed and violated the law given by angels were punished, what do you think is going to happen to us if we ignore what God has said to us through his Son? Yes, Jesus has saved us. Yes, Jesus has dealt with our sins. But that doesn't mean to say that we can be complacent. He sat down at the right hand of God. Job done. But we aren't there yet. Living the Christian life requires dedication, commitment and determination. It is not the easy option for wimps. So look at Jesus. That's the message of Hebrews. Take on board who he is and what he's done for you and worship him as Lord and Saviour, the one who gave his life to redeem you. Live your life in the recognition that he died to save you and you belong to him now and he calls you to honour him as Lord. That means no putting your feet up, no falling asleep at the wheel, no shrugging your shoulders or thinking it really doesn't matter that much. Because Jesus is God's final, definitive word to the world. There have been no other incarnations of the living God in human history, ever. Nor will there ever be again. Nobody else has laid down his life for you to deal with your sin and put you right with God. Nobody else has come back from the grave having conquered death and opened opened the door to eternal life for you. Jesus is unique. And we live in a very confusing world. Thinking about God, thinking about religion, can sometimes make you you feel as if you're faced with a multiple choice test. So many different options to choose from. How do I know which is the right one? Yet look for the key questions. Which religious leader was God incarnate? Who gives grace to people who really don't deserve it? Who guarantees eternal life to those who believe in him? There is only one right answer to questions like that and it is Jesus every single time. Salvation. It's God's gift to you through his son Jesus Christ and it cost him his life. I know we've all received gifts that we really didn't want. They end up being forgotten, moulding in a cupboard or we pass them on via eBay or take them to a car boot sale Or a charity shop. We've all done it. For goodness sake. Don't treat God's gift of salvation to you like that. It cost him far too much. And your eternal destiny depends on it. Jesus gave up everything for you. The right response. The only response for us. Is to dedicate everything to him. And acknowledge him as saviour and Lord. And seek to live our lives for him. To love him with all our heart and mind and soul and strength. Because that is how much he's loved us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you're a God of mercy and of grace. Thank you for speaking us, speaking to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, and for his gift of freedom. But remind us that outside your will we can't find true freedom. So help us to use that gift responsibly. Take captive our hearts our minds, and our being. Wake us up. Where we're flagging and empty, would you renew us and fill us again with your spirit? Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who gave everything for us, who gives everything to us, Fill us with the knowledge of you and send us out to share with others your message of forgiveness, hope and love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. (coughs)